you know, the amount of people that walk through the door, I'm surprised that hospitality hasn't been bumped right up there. Um, and we haven't been pushed into doing getting vaccinated quicker. Um, you know, we see so many people and we interact with uh, them quite closely on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't pushed further. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to restaurant manager Hannah Burke, who is part of a group of managers at the Trader House Group. She looks after Cutler & Co, uh, one of Melbourne's best and most beloved and currently most missed fine dining restaurants. Hannah, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Tell me what uh, daily or weekly life is like for you as a restaurant manager without a restaurant that's open to manage. <laughs> Very different. Um, yeah, uh, usually, obviously, we are night owls, so we are on our feet um, and, yeah, rushing around um, with the guests. And at the moment, uh, yeah, we, I think every day I'm getting up earlier and earlier, um, spending a lot of time doing cooking and exercising and, um, yeah, trying to keep connected with everyone. But, yeah, very, very different. Um, spending far too much time watching rubbish TV at the moment. <laughs> but I think that's everyone. But, yeah. That's really interesting that the first thing you sort of mention is is the hours because I mean it's yeah it's it's so true and I you know I was yeah. I was shutting the screen door last night um you know as we were getting ready for bed and just thinking you know here we are under curfew it's just so strange to not be part of that nighttime world at the moment yeah I feel um I know my mum has always said to me uh you know don't you get fed up for working nights and. I have always responded by saying, well, no, not really, because I get my days. I can get up whatever time I want. Usually I get up quite early anyway, and I've got the whole day before I actually get to work. Um, and I have found through, you know, doing this and being in lockdown that I don't, I don't think I could ever do a nine-to-five. I think, um, yeah, just flipping everything that I've been used to for so long, it would be just so different. How have you found it when you've gone back to the restaurants reopened and then it's closed again and your daily rhythm has had to flip flop around a lot? Like how have you found those transitions? Uh, it's been pretty tough. Yeah, pretty hard, intense, um, especially reopening the restaurants. Um, I do find every time that we do reopen, it is so exhausting having to change everything that we do. Obviously, we've been doing this for a long time and we have systems and procedures and, um, yeah, things in place so that uh, we run a smooth service and every time we reopen the restaurants, um, there's a new rule or a new law or regulation or capacities or whatever that gets thrown into the mix. So it can be really, really exhausting, um, which means that, yeah, every time we have to close the restaurant, I almost feel like I take a bit of a, you know, a breath <laughs> um, after, you know, it being so hard for so long. Um, I've found that every time that we've got into a rhythm, I'm sure everyone's felt like this, but as soon as we've got into a rhythm, um, that's when a lockdown happens. Uh, so it's kind of been quite tough just resetting and adjusting. And I know during these lockdowns, I've really tried to just take a moment uh, for myself um, just so that I can reset ready to 
get back to it again. Mm. What do you do? How do you do that? Like what, what do you do when you take that moment? Is it like self-talk? Is it routines? Are there, you know, what, what do you actually do? Yeah, I think routine for me more than anything, um, getting up at the same time, um, not spending 24-7 on my phone, but actually getting out, uh, getting some fresh air, doing some exercise, um, getting dressed. I know a lot of my colleagues struggled at the beginning with even just kind of having a purpose to get out of their pyjamas or the gym stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the big thing that I've tried from the beginning, actually putting a bit of makeup on in the morning and um, having a bit of uh, a routine weekly. Um, I try and kind of get into this pattern of almost having a, you know, a purpose every day, going to the shops or doing things for work um, and actually having something to look forward to at the weekend, trying to have a weekend, buying a nice bottle of wine so that we can open at the weekend or maybe getting a nice takeaway but not doing it every day um, because that's when I feel that if you are doing those things every day, the novelty kind of wears off and then you've got nothing to look forward to. Yeah, I think that's really, that's, yeah, so wise. And I think it's so easy for the days just to blur from one to the next at the moment that to create that rhythm, which you really have to strive to do it for yourself at the moment in lots of cases. I think it is so valuable and and so important. Um, so, I mean, obviously Trader House is still doing a lot across the group at the moment. So tell me what kinds of, tell me about the work side of things. Like what are you still doing? Yeah, so we have, since JobKeeper has stopped, uh, we have done a couple of take-home meals for Cutler & Co. Um, we've uh, sold them through our website um, and also through Providor. Um, since JobKeeper, obviously the payments aren't there anymore. It is, like, it's such an expense um, to do, you know, with little return so we haven't done it on a weekly basis we are thinking about doing it maybe yeah monthly um but it's been a real success i mean we did father's day last weekend and we sold 300 uh boxes for all the families and dads and everyone who fancied treating themselves so that was really popular um that's been kind of challenging in itself um just working on two different platforms, selling uh, the boxes on two different websites and having to manage that, having to manage people um, in different ways, trying to even just trying to get the staff to come in to build the boxes has been, um, it's had its ups and downs. <laughs> Some of them are quite happy to sit at home now, I think, after so long and, and put their feet up. But the majority of the team have all wanted to come in and see each other and, um, yeah, I guess reconnect uh, and and do something different other than, yeah, what they have been doing every single day. Um, so, yeah, so we've been quite fortunate. We've done uh, take-home meals for Cutler. Uh, as you said, we are part of a, a large group, so we've got a lot of staff that have been working in some of our other venues, which has been quite good. So um, when we first opened or we, when we first went into the big lockdown, um, we did a pop-up bakery in Marion that was so successful that uh, that's where the morning market stemmed from. Um, so fortunately, we've got, well, we've managed to open in the past 18 months two uh, morning market grocery and bakery shops. Um, so we have been sending quite a lot of our stuff there um, and to Meatsmith as well, our um, butchers. 
So they're quite enjoying just getting out of the house, as, we, as I said, and meeting new people, meeting new teams. Um, they just love what they do, which is great. So connecting again with guests and speaking to customers and getting regulars who pop in for the same pastry and the same coffee every day and having a chat. Um, those all the things are kind of what's, what's keeping them going. Mm, I mean, it's I've long thought that, you know, people working for Andrew McConnell and as it's become the Trader House Group, it's, it's such a, it is so great to be able to offer people those career pathways and, you know, those different different sides of a business or a bit of retail or, you know, fine dining and some more casual, different cuisines. But I suppose you just, you wouldn't have really thought it would also work well for lockdowns where you can move staff around and at least, you know, keep them connected to the business. But I guess it yep. does work in that way as well. Well, I think Andrew's really smart with that. I know that um, he's constantly trying to reinvent uh, all of his um, business models. And we're always thinking, what next? What next? How can we kind of make the make things better and keep things current? Um, and that was definitely uh, on the well, a hot topic last year. Um, we, he approached me, and we were having a bit of a chat about things and. We were just saying, what about if we're, on, we're in lockdown again this time next year? And I actually said to him, don't be silly, Andrew. We're not going to be in lockdown next year. Come on, we've got to be positive. And he was, you know, just being really realistic. He was like, I need to think about these things. So, um, yeah, he's done an amazing job at obviously opening new businesses during this, which has then, um, yeah, uh, created some jobs for people and, um, yeah, kept, kept us all going, really. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting what you were saying before about JobKeeper. I mean, for all its flaws and, you know, I particularly point to the lack of support for visa holders, it did do its job in terms of keeping people connected to businesses in terms of, yeah, like you could have people there and they, they, they could do their hours. You wouldn't be necessarily making any money, but at least you could pay or at least those staff were being paid through JobKeeper. Um, it's the COVID disaster payment is better in that it looks after more people, but it doesn't maintain that connection with a business. Yeah. I definitely have found this time. It's um, it's nice for me to know that all the staff are okay financially. Um, that was a huge worry for me um, last year, just kind of panicking, thinking, where are we going to get our staff any sort of income um, from? Uh, you know, we had them even coming in, doing a couple of hours cleaning the restaurant but the restaurant was empty, but we needed to maintain it and keep on top of it. Um, and that was the way that we really just wanted to, um, yeah, put some money in their pocket so they could pay rent. Um, this time around, uh, uh, yeah, as I said, it, it is a relief, but it has made things harder, um, you know, when we do need to get people back in the restaurants doing things because, you know, the um, – take our meals as much as they are amazing. They're not what we do. They're not the career that we chose to go down <laughs> with making boxes of food. So mm. um, it can be quite tiring, tedious work. But, um, yeah, fortunately I feel we've got an amazing team that are always happy to chip in and put their hand up and uh, get get involved in everything. So um, it's not been too hard um rounding up the troops, I guess. Mm. And, I mean, while you don't, you can't give them as many hours as you would love to or the kind of work that you would love to, what else have you been doing to stay connected with your staff and, you know, keep keep them motivated and, yeah? We, 
We've been doing a bit of all sorts, really. Um, we have got a WhatsApp group, so we, we stay heavily connected um, through that. And that used to be um, mainly for, you know, work reasons. So we'd send uh, important information. But now it's more of, um, yeah, a chat, uh, a chat group, I guess. Um, so we will send each other links of things. Uh, uh, we will... Um, uh, we've done a quiz, we've done a cooking class, um, a virtual one where our head chef, uh, Tana, uh, taught the whole team how to make chocolate eclairs, which was quite fun. And then we did a afterwards. <laughs> um, uh, what else have we done? We've sent quite a lot of, um, yeah, videos and series that we're watching. Um, a few of the team, I've got quite a lot of the team at the moment that despite being closed, they're studying um, WSET's so their wine course. Um, so through that, I've sent quite a few uh, exam papers and we've shared books. Um, we've sent links uh, for different, yeah, wine podcasts and shows and things to watch. Um, but, yeah, we're just trying to, I guess, keep talking and um not just about hospitality and not just about the restaurant, but about everything. Um, on a regular basis, we've been making phone calls and making sure that we're checking in with each other, but um, making sure that it doesn't just come from me. I've been working with, I've got an, an amazing uh, group of senior staff that have been doing the ring around so that people are hearing a different voice. Uh, and if there are any flags, if there are any worries, um, you know, we've just been making sure that we're checking in on a more regular basis or even leaving people alone. If they don't want to talk, um, we don't want to probe them. So, yeah, just, um, I guess, speaking to each other regularly. How are you finding that balance between looking after your team and looking after yourself at the same time? Uh, well, yeah, it's been it's been tricky, I feel. Um I've definitely had my ups and downs. I'm quite a positive person. So I felt um, through the last lockdown, I did have a bit of a low and um, it was quite surreal. It felt, yeah, really strange to me to feel like that. I couldn't get over, um, I, I just couldn't understand why I would have a glass of wine and burst into tears. <laughs> and I think... I was fortunate or I am fortunate that I've got quite a lot of staff, but also my partner's really supportive. I've got my family, they're back in the UK, but I speak to them on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, we've got a really great team that do check in and it doesn't matter what position you're in. Um, you know, I have text, I get text messages from my team. So I feel like um, it's been hard. Sometimes you, I don't always want to ring the staff if I'm not feeling 100% but then I know all that it takes is a phone call and it doesn't have to be a quick one uh, sorry it doesn't have to be a long one it can be a, a quick two-minute chat hey how's it going what have you been up to and I saw that you you know been cooking this on Instagram or whatever so I think just um yeah just kind of pushing through mm. um, it's, it's yeah it's been tough but it's got to be done <laughs> maybe it's also good for you to keep it real and for them to see that you know even though you're in you're the restaurant manager that you also do have your down days yeah I think so um I feel that yeah I <laughs> I have been quite honest been quite open um I 
Yeah, I think that um, it is good to, yeah, like you said, be, I guess, transparent with with the team. They know that it's tough, that they're feeling it, and they know that um, it's also not easy being in a senior position. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, has vaccination been a been a part a big part of conversations that you've had with the team? Like, does the group have a any sort of policies or position on encouraging people to get vaccinated? Uh, I feel like there has been there, there definitely have been um, a lot of discussions about it. Um, we have uh, the majority of our staff um, at Cutler have all been single vaccinated or or even double vaccinated, which is great. Um, Yeah, throughout the group, we have been uh, asked about when our um, vaccinations are taking place and if we're going to do it or not, and we've reported all that back. Um, So, yeah, there has been a lot of uh, conversation. We're, We're not forcing anyone, but we have been encouraging people to go and get it. Um, done as soon as possible. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I feel like it's it, it, I'm writing a story about it at the moment and um, the only, like it's not mandated anywhere in hospitality but in the Sydney LGAs of concern, so the Sydney hotspots, you can't leave your area to work unless you've had one dose from September twenty. Um, so it sort of feels like there is this sort of regulatory framework that's going to start being rolled out. We know we've heard a lot about, you know, vaccinated customers. We hear less about vaccinated staff. Mm-hmm. So, it, it definitely plays on my mind. Um, it has done for a while, um, opening and closing through these lockdowns. You know, the amount of people that walk through the door, I'm surprised that hospitality hasn't been bumped right up there. Um, and we haven't been pushed into doing getting vaccinated quicker. Um, you know, we see so many people and we interact with uh, them quite closely on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't pushed further um, for us to go to the top. Yeah, I mean, you think about frontline workers, it's, yeah. it's impossible to work in hospitality well, most forms of hospitality and not be dealing with unmasked people who are, you know, by definition, opening and closing their mouths. Um, So I feel like it's, yeah, it's the absolute epitome of um, your absolutely frontline workers. Uh, So, yeah, I feel like it'd be great to get, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so many different views on whether or not mandating it actually is the way to go, but I just feel like whatever you can do to encourage it um, and make it just like a, a normal part of just like work boots on a, on a building site, you know, then, um, yeah, I think it's just better for everyone all around. Yeah. So, Hannah, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what's brought you uh, to Melbourne and to hospitality. Can you give us a bit of a backstory? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, originally from the UK, um, I would say that I've kind of always been in hospitality. At, well, it, hospitality was my first ever job. Um, my brother's a chef. My mum and my family are really good cooks. Um, so I've kind of always been around good food. Um, I studied at university and um, hospitality was kind of a, a side 
you know, part-time job. And I feel like it took me a while before I, I graduated. I did three-dimensional design. I graduated. And then it took me a while to kind of finally admit that this was actually my career <laughs> and I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I think I was in denial for so long. I was like, no, it's just a part-time job. Um, I got a job um, when I was back in the UK after I finished um, my studies to uh, make some money to come to Australia because my plan was originally to come over here um, just for a couple of months um, and then travel and work my way back. Um, But when I got the job over there, I kind of progressed and became a manager over there quite quickly. And uh, I think that was about three years, three and a half years that I ended up working for that part-time job that was only meant to get me a bit of money to move to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) And then that was kind of it. Um, Came over to the – I moved to Sydney originally and worked at Benelong for six months. At the time, I was on a working holiday visa, so I did have to move around. Um, that's a pretty iconic place to land when you first yeah. come to Australia. My goodness, you're just like living the postcard. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it was quite nice to tell my family that. Um, I know my grandma always used to say to me, I know exactly where you are. I know where you are. I can just imagine you being in there. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a stunning restaurant, an amazing dining room uh, and great company to work for. Um, Peter Gilmore's food and Rob as well. Their food is insane. Um, so, yeah, I did six months there, then moved I did my farm work. Um, My partner is Australian. I brought him back over here as well. He was living in uh, the UK. And then we eventually moved to Melbourne and I worked for Dinner by Heston for six months before I eventually joined the team at uh, the McConnell Group. Right. Yeah. Uh, How was your farm work? Yeah, it was good. Uh, It was interesting. I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in uh, Condoblin on a sheep farm. Um, yeah, it was. I didn't realize kind of how country Australia was. Um, I got on a train for five hours and lost signal and wasn't sure where I was. <laughs> I was going. Um, but yeah, it was actually a really great experience. It was nice. Um, I was living with the family that I worked for. Um, they had some little kids. Um, I got a part-time job on in the weekend in a bar and I got to know, I felt like I knew everyone. I felt like a celebrity when I walked in because they had such a small, cute uh, community where they knew everyone. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I had a really good experience doing it. That's so good because you hear some horror stories. So, you know, like people on working holiday visas to get extra time on the visa, you have to do time in the regions. And yeah, I mean, we've chatted to people on the podcast, just like, just piecework, terrible, like terrible weather, uh, awful living conditions, just like exorbitant rent that you're forced to pay. So it's really nice to hear about someone having a good experience. Were were you actually, were you mostly looking after the kids or were you working with the sheep or what were you doing? Yeah, mainly looking after the children at the time. Yeah, we spent some time on the farm, but yeah, I uh, I had an 18-month-old little boy and a three-year-old, so they definitely kept my hands full. Wow, amazing. Because, I mean, could, do you have a sense of how how different it must be for the regions at the moment without that influx of backpackers? Well, I, I just, I feel like, I don't know how they're, they're doing it because when I was there, um I know a lot of uh, farmers and um, they were struggling. They didn't have childcare and they didn't have the support and, um, you know, because 
there were people going, but um, yeah, there wasn't enough. So I can't imagine what they're going through right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, people talk about the fruit picking and that sort of thing, but I mean, you're, you're right. Like you, you bring up such, you know, there's all these different aspects of rural work and pe- positions that just aren't able to be filled at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, what is it that you love about restaurants and looking after people? <laughs> I think a lot of it is the people um, that I work with. Um, yeah, I, I guess coming into work every day and just bouncing off each other, having the same goals, the same passion, um, introducing people to like guests to new things. Uh, I love learning, and I find that um, if when I'm excited about something, I want to show, you know, guests um, everything that I've learned. And, um, but yeah, just kind of making, um, I guess, like memorable experiences. And um, yeah, I just, I just really, I just really love it. It's a great industry to work in. It's busy. Uh, every day is different. You can do it all around the world when lockdowns aren't happening and pandemics <laughs> aren't happening. Um, but, yeah, it's just fun. Like it's a good energy. You get to meet new people on a, on a daily basis and, and make bonds with people. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in the thick of it. We didn't – well, apparently Andrew McConnell knew that we were going to be in lockdown now a year ago, <laughs> but I didn't know and you didn't know. How optimistic are you feeling about the future? Uh, I am starting to feel optimistic about next year. Um, I feel like, I mean, you look at the um, other countries in Europe especially and uh, they are opening up. Obviously, they've still got cases, but there's not as many um, people that are getting hospitalised because the majority of them have either had it or they've been vaccinated. Um, So I am feeling quite positive about summer but summer as in you know after Christmas in the new year um yeah and I feel hopefully when we're open that will be it I really hope that will be it Mm -hmm. Uh, lockdowns but um yeah I feel like we've got to stay positive and and you know think about those things um yeah fingers crossed yeah, absolutely. Mm. Fingers crossed, arms out to get jabbed. Um, <laughs> um, when you talk about what you love about hospitality and sharing sharing that knowledge that you gain with customers, my heart like literally aches because it just made me want to be the person that's sitting down in front of you, listening to you and being part of that experience. But I really, yeah, I really hope that a lot of people feel like me and I know that they do where it's just, you know, you just cannot wait to get back to restaurants and, um, yeah, be part of that experience. Just, I guess, hospitality relies on all you guys. It also relies on people coming in to eat and, you know, being being hopefully good customers and taking advantage of all your expertise and skills and knowledge. Yeah, I um I can't wait. I can't wait to have a full restaurant again. I can't wait for the streets to be busy, um, for the um, uh, international guests to come through. Um, Some of the staff that I work with haven't worked at Cutler when it's actually been busy and full and I can't wait for them to experience the restaurant when it's, you know, 
full and full of energy uh, the way it's meant to be. Oh, I can't wait to be one of those people <laughs> experiencing it as well. Um, Hannah, is there anything else that you want to say? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's been so lovely to speak to you. You've given me a really uh, delicious jolt of energy and anticipation for restaurants reopening. I think we're, it's going to be tough for the next little while, but I do feel like there is a path forward. Um, and yeah, we're going to get we're going to get back to it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you so much for chatting to us. So good to talk to you, Hannah. Thanks so much, Danny. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.